Welcome to the Any Mum Can podcast. My name is Versha Patel. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned mum of two, turned pre and postnatal fitness guru, turned mind, body and nutrition coach transforming women's lives. Each week, I'll bring you an inspiring person or message mums of all ages need to hear to feel inspired to look after themselves, choose themselves daily, to feel joy and be their best in their world. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now relax, listen and open your mind to be inspired for change. This is Faye. Uh, her, her journey, her health and well-being journey has been a really rocky road. And as a young mum uh, with a very stressful work and personal life balance, she developed a passion for working out really hard and running. And basically this ultimately took her to feel, it overcame her stress, but ultimately led her to exercise addiction to overcome the stress stresses in her life. And this also then led to a lack of true self-care and a balance in turning, um, in turning this, it turned into burnout, extreme burnout, would you say? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And a long learning curve to recovery, because once you hit burnout, you do need to take yourself into a recovery phase. And it is really important in women's health and mum's health particularly, um, and we want to talk about that today, to bring it to surface and something for you to think about if this is something that is occurring for you. So I'm gonna hand over to Faye. Welcome, Faye. Hello. And can you introduce yourself to us and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so uh, I'm Faye. Uh, as she said, I live up a mountain in Spain. Um, I've lived here on and off for, for a very long time. And it's the reason I'm here really is because this place has been a really big part in my recovery. Um, I'm very, very immersed in nature here. I'm literally in the middle of the mountains and the woods and you know, a thousand meters up, I think we are, um, up in the mountains. Um, and I'm here today to talk about burnout. Um, I was having a look at what was available online uh, over the past few days about burnout, uh, because since I recovered, I've not really looked up very much over the past 10, 10 or so years. And I heard a brilliant quote today, which was, burnout is the car crash that you don't see coming. <laughs> and to me, that just encapsulated what it, what it was like to me. <sighs> something that had been building up over years and years and years. And my body had been giving me a lot of warning signs that I ignored. So, I mean, I could have seen it coming perhaps, but it wasn't something that was talked about. It's still not very much talked about. Um, and what I wanted to kind of get across today was that you don't have to be a high-flying executive in a super stressful job to experience burnout. Uh, as a mum, you are the CEO of your family and occasionally that can be just as stressful as any other CEO job. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the lesser known symptoms of burnout, as well as some of the really common symptoms that some people don't realize about um, and things that we can do to help ourselves as well. Um, does that sound good? Yeah, that's great. And it sounds fantastic. And it is really about uh, people understanding um, that it's not exclusive to people that are in professions and uh, doing all things and often mums are working as well as yeah. uh, managing the home and, and equally if you're not uh, working per se uh, and you're a full-time mum that in itself I think a lot of people go to work to have some respite for and change. Yes, I was gonna say. From, one of my friends is a, is a doctor and um, he always says that he goes to work as you know relaxation time away from his family because he has four children and uh, yeah so you can imagine hectic the hecticness of his family life uh, yeah, so work for so him is his relaxation and yeah <laughs> I was used to say well that's very nice for you but what about your wife and the mother of these children <laughs> so tell us um, about the symptoms that you that you have you experience and that you see other mums experience um, 
So the, the most obvious symptoms, I guess, are things that can be attributed also to a lot of other things like stress. Um, and so it, that, that's another reason that people don't realize they're, they're heading for burnout because they're like, oh, I'm just stressed. I'm just exhausted. Um, you know, I just feel overwhelmed. They're, they're all things uh, that, that I said, definitely. <laughs> I, I remember my, my sister just before I kind of reached breaking point with my burnout. And I mean, what happened for me when I reached breaking, breaking point was the, I'd, I'd had a lot of signs. So my signs were, I had allergic reactions to things, um, things like cats and foods, weird foods that I, well, not weird foods, very everyday foods that I, that'd always, always been able to eat before. I suddenly found that I couldn't eat. Um, but it takes a long time to realize that, that this is happening because you, you know, you might eat something and then have a reaction, but not realize that it's because of the thing that you've eaten. So there was lots of little things that were happening to me. Um, a lot of eczema and psoriasis, that type of skin condition, people are beginning to realize that they're to do with stress, but they're also very, very indicated in, in burnout as well. Um, and burnout and stress are very, very related. So the term burnout generally means something that happens as a result of a lot of chronic stress. So it's not something that just happens overnight. Um, for me, it's, it definitely took years and years until I reached kind of collapsing point. And, and that's the same for most people. So I'd been in a really toxic relationship for about 12 years. So obviously that was chronic stress on a pretty much daily basis. Um, I did eventually end that relationship, but the stress didn't end with it because with, with ending the relationship, I lost my home. I had two children. I was in a different country. Um, we ended up moving back to England, uh, which I didn't want to. So that was another stress. Um, so yeah, you basically, it, it compounds, <laughs> like doesn't it? Stress piling on top of stress. Yeah, compounds, um, yeah. And like, and, as you mentioned earlier, I was, I was combating that stress and I thought, thought in a healthy way, I was combating that by, by running. I used to run a lot and doing extreme, you know, extreme workouts and, um, you know, lots of combat type things, lots of, lots of hardcore cardio, which obviously that's a healthier way to, to deal with stress than drinking a lot, which is another thing that, you know, addictions are, are really common when people are approaching burnout. So I thought I was being healthy, but what my body needed and what everybody's body needs when you're approaching burnout is proper rest, proper relaxation. Um, so fueling yourself with with high intensity cardio and stuff has given your body more cortisol which is the last thing that it needs your body's flooded with cortisol um and and you just need to lower lower the cortisol levels so the the exhaustion is a is kind of the number one symptom and um, but obviously as a parent you know most parents are fairly exhausted especially when the children are younger um, so being exhausted doesn't necessarily mean you're heading for heading for burnout. But if you've got a lot of stress coming at you from a lot of different angles, um, then it's making sure that you actually do take some time for yourself. Um, I remember my sister saying, you know, maybe you should do some meditation. And I, I just said to her, if I had time to meditate, I wouldn't be this stressed. <laughs> and um, That was about well, about six weeks before I just couldn't get up you know so I did quite a lot of meditating six weeks later because there was absolutely nothing else I could do I, that I is one, one of the sorry but that that is one of the symptoms isn't it when you can't get up or filling the washing yeah. machine or dish just putting a washer on could feel like a marathon oh and gosh yeah I mean I used to I used to I had trouble sleeping when I went to bed but I would fall asleep you know, I fell asleep standing up a few times, like hanging the washing out. I would just like wake up and I'd be like standing there. Like, I was so lucky that I didn't, you know, have a have a bad accident or fall asleep driving or something. Um, and why, but, why do you think these symptoms get kind of um, sidelined or um, kind of just not recognised and people just get on and, and, and troop through until it actually takes them to breaking point? I think because a lot of the symptoms are 
things that a lot of people struggle, you know, so many people are tired. Um, as a as a nation, you know, we, we are chronically tired, most of us in the, I keep referring to myself, I'm still in the UK, but you know, I still am English. <laughs> and uh, um, certainly in America and England, I don't know the, the stats for Europe, but the, the population are chronically tired. Um, there's a lot of figures to show that over the past 70 years, basically since the advent of the light bulb, we've pushed ourselves further and further because we've had the ability to, because we, you know, we can turn the lights on, we've got computers that we can work all night, the lights stimulate us and keep us awake. So everybody's chronically tired. So for somebody to kind of realize that their chronic tiredness is a bit more severe than everybody else's, you know, maybe they're not going to do that. And and if you're, you know, your other symptoms are things like, oh, I've got a bit of eczema, you know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't sound like such a serious thing. It doesn't sound like something you need to take so seriously. Um, the other thing is your adrenal glands. I don't think even doctors in the UK know that much about the adrenal glands. And certainly there aren't any tests that they do to test the functionality, apart from there's one test that they do, but that only shows uh, a result if your adrenal glands don't work at all. So most people with burnout, if they had their adrenal glands tested, because I had, I had mine tested in Europe um, and they were working like two, two out of 10, they said, so like 20% of what they should be working. So if I'd had a test in England, that would have shown that they were working okay, but obviously, 20% is not okay no. it's, it's very you know very below what they should be doing um and what should the adrenals adrenal be doing because the adrenals are in our like around that gut um, um they're just above the kidneys yeah and they control the release of adrenaline and they control the release of cortisol um and if we're stressed all the time then the adrenals are just producing adrenaline and cortisol all of the time um, but we don't want them producing those things we want them producing them when we need to run away or when we need to deal with some chronic stress but not all the time so they kind of just get stuck in that production mode you get stuck in fight or flight mode that's um, most people have heard of that yeah. now if you if you don't know what that means it's your nervous system is ready to you know run away from danger um, you're not in relax mode and you're not in repair mode and so to recover from burnout, you need to be in well, you need to be able to get into relax mode and recover mode. So when you sleep, you're supposed to be repairing your body. You're supposed to be um, rejuvenating, resting. And if you're, you know, if your adrenals are permanently switched on, then, then you're not doing that. <clears throat> yeah. And you have no time for repair. Uh, no. Yeah. You know, often. How do you think how what's your experience of how it impacts the way? A person eats nutritionally what's your experience of that? um so so personally for me um i just i just couldn't be bothered to cook i love cooking you know cooking is one of my favorite things um i've cooked professionally um and i just couldn't be bothered to cook my my um diet went was a lot worse then than it than it is now and that, i mean so that obviously contributed to to the burnout because you can really heal yourself with with healthy eating as well um so because it impacts kind the of gut as well interest. doesn't it does it impact the yeah gut? it impacts uh, yeah it uh, impacts everything um and do, do you find other people the people that you've worked with if they've have you found that they also had um it impacted the way they chose to eat because sometimes um, a lot of people choice, they, just, you have yeah. a, like a reaction don't you to like oh i don't feel like so yeah if you're having a reaction to food like i was then then also be, you get a bit scared of eating because i was having really quite nasty allergic reactions like just, i mean just before i i really collapsed it, it was around christmas time and i thought oh i'll treat myself um and i had some some like really fancy mozzarella <laughs> and um and I stayed stayed in reading a book on the sofa, trying to be nice, you know, trying to do some self care. And I just watched my, my head swelling up, my forehead just like it started on this side, and it just got fatter and fatter and fatter until the whole of my forehead was just like swollen up. And at the time, I didn't, you know, I I, I didn't know what it was. Um, later, I was tested for for food things and 
and it became apparent that I shouldn't be eating any dairy products. Um, so that's, you know, that's probably what it was. But I did get really scared of of eating, you know, normal things like yeah. cheese and wheat. So so it impacted my diet in that way. But other people just don't have, you know, they find it impacts their appetites so or even if they're not having that the allergic reactions it tends to go one way or the other you either lose your appetite and you you either can't be bothered to cook or you you just can't be bothered to eat or um or you you start emotional eating or addiction eating you know binging um yeah but yeah it tends to go one way or the other there's not there's not normally a healthy healthy middle ground yeah, <clears throat> as far as that goes what, yeah so how how would you how have you um how would you recommend people start? Well, they recognize these symptoms, but then before it gets too far, because often, you know, those things, as you said, it's so easy to be wrapped up in um, just the way it's parenting, right? It's yeah. life of work and her balance. And, you know, uh, and we're all t sort of told to toughen up, you know, nobody tells you directly, but it is almost like a cultural thing. You know, you just got to, yeah. Um, I hate the term but it okay. is like that man up um everybody's going through it so how do you what's your advice to women in that when they're if they're recognizing some of these things but you get in this internal conflict that i just need to be um i just need to toughen up and get through this and and um there's that kind of narrative what um, would you advise I mean, that's the kind of narrative I gave myself. Um, there was nobody telling me that, but I, I mean, ironically, you know, my, my, my fitness business was uh, wellness wonder woman um, was what I called myself. And I really felt that, you know, I really felt like a wonder woman. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. You know, I've survived all this stress and I'm fine. And, you know, I, I really thought I was fairly invincible. Um, I was surviving on way too little sleep. Um, when I moved back to England, I, I knew that I was unhappy, but I thought it was just because I'd had to leave a life behind in Spain that I really loved. And, you know, I just didn't really want to come back to England and I'd had to. Um, so I, I kind of looked for other reasons to, to blame everything on. And there's always something else. Um, I guess I, I probably didn't want to admit that I needed I needed help. You know? <laughs> and, I think that's a really um, big one there, asking and needing help because yeah. so I think culturally, uh, and there's a lot of pride as well. Women want to just feel you've got it right. We've we're all right, um, and especially the stronger you are, the less li likely or feel vulnerable enough to ask for help so that's a key thing do you not would you agree yeah yeah definitely I mean when my friends found out what had happened you know so many of them were like why didn't you ask for help <laughs> why, why didn't you tell us and I mean I didn't know what was going on so I couldn't have told them but I could have asked for help <laughs> and uh, I could have asked for help with a lot of things you know my not only was I unhappy my daughter my youngest daughter was desperately unhappy so she was being incredibly challenging at the time and um um, I could have asked for help with a lot of more practical things, even if I couldn't have asked for help or, you know, wouldn't have known to ask for help for, for myself. Um, I was a single parent, so that, you know, that made it a bit different. I didn't have a partner to, to ask for help. Um, and my ex-partner was, was yeah, completely, <laughs> there was no way I could ask him for any help. Um, so what would you advise then, you know, so people don't go so far? So um, recognize it and do so there are a couple of symptoms which are that they're not stressed so there's the one for me which which i found out in you know hind belatedly with hindsight um but it just ticked all the boxes for me it was like wow if i'd known that before then i might have taken it a bit more seriously which was that i would regularly be falling asleep by like eight eight nine o'clock in the evening and I'd have too much to do, you know, so I wouldn't go to sleep. I'd think, no, I'm going to stay up and, you know, work for a few hours. And I'd regularly try and keep going till like one o'clock, 12, one o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. It's like you, and that is apparently a really common thing. Like you're just absolutely dead on your feet at eight, nine o'clock. 
and that is when you really need to go to sleep and um, if you push through then your body's fired up with more you know you have to fire up with more more hormones to keep you awake then um, even if you don't take any stimulants or don't have a coffee or a cup of tea or something then um, then your body just naturally produces those chemicals to keep you going and then you can't go to sleep. <laughs> so insomnia can be caused by many, many things, but that, that one thing where you really are ready to go to sleep by eight or nine o'clock and you don't and you keep going and then you can't go to sleep. That's a really, a really common thing with a lot of people that I've spoken to and a lot of the research that I've done. Um, I also found that during the day, even if I had had a lot of sleep, I just was so tired, you know, just constantly, no matter if I had a day off, if I, you know, if I wasn't working, if I, you know, if I had a really re easy day, I'd, I was just relying more and more on coffee. So coffee is my, my nemesis, I guess. I love coffee. Um, but it's really, really not good for your adrenals. <laughs> it's, it really fires them up. It gets, gets the cortisol going again. Um, and yeah, so now yeah. I, I do still drink, I do still drink coffee to, a little bit. Does it contribute um, to adrenal fatigue? It does, yeah. So adrenal fatigue is is another name for for burnout, really. So if you've got adrenal fatigue, you've basically burnt out. Um, yeah, it's when you get there, right? So yeah, <laughs> it's the destination um, you don't want to get to. But but I found that I now if I have a coffee, you know, it'll be like nine o'clock in the morning, and that that's an okay time to have a coffee because your adrenals are firing up; they're producing cortisol anyway. Um, and I still do enjoy a cup of coffee occasionally. But at that time, before I, before I kind of reached crisis point, I was having coffee all throughout the day. I'd have one, you know, to get me going in the morning and then I'd have another one. And then if I was teaching a class, I'd have to have another one. If I wanted to go for a run, I'd have to have a coffee just to give me the power to go for a run. So all the time, you know, my body's saying, you know, if it's saying I need coffee, actually it's saying I need a rest. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, need, I need to lie down. <laughs> Oh, it's um, a really important point, really, because we do uh, don't listen to those small messages our body telling us. Yeah. And we so quickly um, overlook them. And we are so privileged to have uh, the all these things that can stimulate us and, yeah. and, and get the second wave of energy. And we it, also have, you know, even supplements that can help us. It's a society thing as well. I remember sh shortly after kind of recovery and going on my first big drive because driving is something I used to do so much of. I used to drive, you know, I could drive for hours and hours and hours without any problem. Now I find it so exhausting to drive. And the first big drive I did um, about a year after, after reaching collapse point, um, <laughs> I was getting a bit tired and I saw a sign on the motorway, a huge sign says tired. And it didn't say stop, have a rest. It said stop, have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like government propaganda. Oh, <laughs> Don't have yeah. a rest. No, keep going. Fuel yourself. And and it's the same as if you work in an office. There's coffee machines everywhere. There's people bringing in donuts all the time. It's like fuel yourself on caffeine and sugar. It's like well, actually maybe we just need a rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's all about production, isn't it? Being productive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. We are in that world and we'll get um, to so i want you to ask you a, a bit more about so what what things can the people be doing but we have actually got a question about um really the small modifications you can make to um are they enough you know if you know that you, you want to avoid burnout you don't want to have uh, adrenal fatigue are are there things you can do early on to make sure you don't ever really go get that far um so my top tips i guess would be to just notice what's going on in your body a little bit more you know if you are finding that you can't get through the day without you know a, a coffee every two hours or something then then there's probably something you need to look at um if there's a lot of weird things weird illnesses if your immune system's not behaving the way it normally does um if you're finding either old addictions resurfacing, resurfacing or new ones forming, you know what is causing that? I mean, in our medical system, we don't we don't tend to look at the cause of things. We just treat the symptoms. But 
in other in other medical systems they look a lot more at why that is happening to your body so so trying to get more into that frame of mind I guess why am I so tired you know yes I'm a mum yes I've got a lot on but I'm sleeping you know I'm sleeping regularly so I shouldn't just be needing coffee 10 times a day yeah um that's tip one listen um taking a little bit of time for yourself um you know like really taking time for yourself so resting more um realizing the importance of sleep um once i once i realized how much sleep our bodies actually needed it it was like a light switched <laughs> switched on and i went almost overnight from thinking i could get by on about 5 hours sleep um to to just yeah i was lucky i guess in that I, I was able to sleep about eight hours a night and I know that that's not easy for some people um, for all sorts of reasons but but I think I think it was Margaret Thatcher was it was famous for saying she only needed five hours sleep a night and and since then in the UK I think it's it's kind of like a badge of honor to to get by on not sleeping and to to not not re- need rest and things and and I think we need to flip the script a bit and yeah, yeah we're, we're not machines we're not robots we are people and we need to rest in Spain and other countries you know they have the siesta and even if you don't go to sleep you stop for a for a good couple of hours you have a long lunch break you don't have a hasty sandwich in front of your laptop um you you maybe connect with your friends or your family and and here we have a yeah we have a quick a quick lunch break and then we're back at our work fueling ourselves with coffee again and <clears throat> and yeah it's not it's not very healthy it's not Um, uh, it is that badge of honor is actually really i want to just say that again because i think the badge of honor of every so many actually quite toxic things are um are promoted in jest but there's meaning behind them of how we we troop through these things and we're better we're stronger we're you know amazing for it but actually just recognizing some of these badge of honors are not as um, glorious uh, achievement <laughs> as we like to think they are. And when we're younger, I think we're more is that our bodies bounce back a lot quicker. Oh, God, we, are, yeah. <laughs> we are having children later. And I think this is a really valid point. Yeah, We're becoming mums later into, um, you know, way past 20 and into at least mid 35, you know, mid 30s. And it's it's possible everything you know, there's no issue in having children that at that point in your life, but your body's different to when you were maybe Definitely. you had children in your twenties. Um, yeah, and the pressure. No, I mean, I did have children. Different. I did have children in my twenties, and even in my thirties, I remember thinking, "My God, <laughs> I don't know if I could cope with with small children now." And certainly in my forties. Yeah, I was like, my God, I'm glad I had my children when I was young and I had all that excess energy. And yeah. um, um, so other things that people can do are all things that I probably would have refused to do before I burnt out. <laughs> like, you know, maybe maybe doing a bit of yoga instead of quite so much cardio. Um, you know, exercise is brilliant. I'm a fitness instructor. I'm never going to try and encourage people not to exercise, but but realizing that if you need a triple espresso to be able to go for that run, then then maybe you don't need to go for that run. You know, maybe a walk instead would be good. Mm. Um, finding finding something to de-stress you that isn't also exhausting, you know, even more exhausting. Um, another symptom that I haven't seen that widely talked about which happens to quite a lot of people is that, you know, you plan a nice day out or something, you've got a day off and you just wake up with a migraine or, you know, or just feeling so sick that you you have to cancel. Um, and I think that's really your body just going, okay, you've got a day off now, you can, you can relax. Um, please don't go and do something else. So it, it does something. I mean, I became allergic to my own sweat. I don't know if I wrote that in my no. biography. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I, I actually reached collapse point just after my last personal training exam. So I managed to keep going through extreme amounts of stress. And my 
eldest daughter had a really severe accident and she had a jaw wired up for her 18th birthday and I was having to feed her through a tube and we got through all of that um, and it was like my body knew it just had to get to the end of the personal training course I did my last exam I passed my exam and then the next day I just couldn't get up again and I stayed you know obviously I did get up occasionally but I stayed in pretty much for two and a half months um, I was yeah, able to do very, very little for, for two and a half months. And uh, that's when I learned a lot of the things because I had a lot of time to, to read <laughs> and to look online. Um, so that's when I learned most of the stuff that, that I kind of help people with um, about burnout. And that's how I learned to heal myself. Um, I was lucky I got given a kinesiology session um, and because at the time I, I you know I really didn't know I'd, I'd been told my adrenals were weak in the past when I'd had them tested but I didn't really know what my adrenals were or how important they were um, so <clears throat> after I had the collapsing then I obviously started to pay a lot more attention to the adrenals and started to find out how to heal them um, there's lots of foods that you can eat that are not so good for you there's lots of things you can eat that will help um vitamin b5 is a if you you know if you really are feeling like you're approaching burnout then b5 is a really big one it's not one that we can get easily in our diet so it's one you have to take as a supplement called pant pantothenic acid i think um but it's b5 it's sometimes called pantothenic acid um that's a really good booster for the adrenals but simple things like celery juice are really, really good as well. Um, but they say so also, they say that when you do have and you're approaching burnout or you're feeling like that or you actually do get that hole when you get to the breaking point like you did, that your body actually uses double the amount of nutrition to he if you want to heal. Um, so, you know, if you're eating poor, poorly, your body is... Uh, is only trying to fight what's going on inside your body. Yeah. So when you then start adding more, if you're not eating great, it's having to firefight the poor food you're putting in. So what you do need to do is actually heal the body with more plant food. And yeah. Is that what, something you would recommend? Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend that. And just eating organic as much as possible because yeah. if you're filling your body with with pesticides and other toxins and stuff as well then that's something else that your body's got to fight you really want to just give yourself the easiest ride possible so you know trying to increase your <clears throat> increase your rest time increase, increase your sleep time just doing nice things for your body you know to try things like having a having a bath instead of a shower if you know if you find that relaxing not if you hate baths but I'm a big fan of baths but um but, you know I'd always be like I haven't got time for a bath <laughs> I'm too busy I'm too stressed I'm too I've got too much to do um just finding you know different things work for different people for me being in nature is is really beneficial and, and really important um other people hate it so you know going to the beach if that's something that just something to to calm you down so that there's something about mountains and beaches and any large bodies of water I don't understand the science but it's all to do with negative ions and they're very good for you apparently yeah. help to, help well, to also, calm um, also the water sea specifically is that you um, even being near the sea you absorb sea kelp iodine oh wow which yeah it helps the thyroid, uh, if yeah. anybody doesn't know that. So uh, it helps thyroid function and production of thyroid. So if you're overactive in your thyroid, then it's not, it's ideal. But um, a lot of the population do have a thyroid dysfunction where they're not producing enough thyroid hormone. Um, so that that's another reason. But the ions is, I don't know much about that one. Um, no, I don't either. I just know they're good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ions, yeah. Mineral and I, stones. And yeah. it didn't surprise me to find that out at all because should, before I came back to England, it was like when I was splitting up with um, my abusive partner. And that was really you know on paper that was the most stressful time in my life I I was with my two young children I didn't have with when I split up with my partner that was my business my home my income you know that was everything gone because we worked together as well 
So I was in in a different country with two young children with no home, no money, <laughs> no nothing. But we lived by the sea and um, I was I really felt more relaxed than I probably ever have done during that two years of my life. I remember saying to my parents, you know, it's all right. Don't worry about me. I'm actually fine. You know, and, and yeah, it was yeah. every day I was on the beach. And uh, yeah. I, I really think it did me the world of good. And it probably just prevented the burnout happening for a couple of years um but you know it was nice while it lasted yeah um, and then you had to really deal with what what was really <laughs> going on I suppose and can I ask you Faye would you say the you know we talked about the small changes but this is you know if somebody's actually recognizing that they are heading to it but if somebody just wants to avoid it what are these all the things that people can be doing now to just never ever really get to that place i mean not allowing yourself to take on so much stress i guess is a is a big one so learning to say no to things that you don't want to do or that you know if your boss is constantly expecting you to do overtime and you're not getting paid for it then you know sometimes you do just have to say you know no this is my job this is i've done my job i'm going home to my family now and um but again, you know, it's it's easier said than done in a in a culture where where it's really not not celebrated looking after ourselves. You know, it is beginning to change. I, I do see a difference in in things in in England now. There's a lot more recognition of the need for self care, but I think a lot of it is is just memes and it's not real. You know, it's not real self care. <laughs> you know, real self care is a bath's lovely, but you know, real self care is not allowing yourself to get into that state. So the, I think there's four pillars really. Um, there's sleeping. You know, really dealing with your sleep health. Um, if you're not sleeping, there's plenty of things that you can do, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> you know, I could. I did a session the other day and we did an hour and a half just on sleep health um, and I could have gone on for longer probably. Um, so sleeping, nutrition, um, yeah, in, in, um, in, encouraging more plant-based food. Um, I'm not saying you have to go vegan or vegetarian, but just reducing the amount of meat and balancing it with eating like we used to eat really. You know, we never used to eat as much meat. Um, and so sleep, nutrition, I've forgotten my own, my own talk now, what are the four, four, four pillars? Mindset, um, talking nicer to yourself, not pushing yourself quite as hard. Um, I've forgotten the fourth one now. <laughs> It'll come back to me in a minute, I'm sure. The mindset. <laughs> movement, well. movement, yeah. Yes. So Obviously, that's, you know, so, your bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Movement, but yeah, like I said earlier, recognizing appropriate movement for you at that time doesn't mean you can never do high intensity or you can never do like you know marathons again. But maybe recognizing that it's it's not good all the time. Um, obviously, depending on what stage you're at with your with your burnout or non-burnout journey. Um, so that's yeah. So those things, and then you can do those things um you know from the I mean, gecko really can't you yeah uh, they're, they're good for everybody whether you're whether you're approaching burnout or not but if you are approaching burnout then then they're essential i would say mm. and where does um where would you place meditation in in there um i would say that that would come I didn't have a self-care one, did I? But it's all that is all, you know, that is all under the umbrella of self-care. So meditation to me, I, I personally don't sit and meditate on, you know, as a as a practice. I meditate within walking. I meditate within, you know, it's kind of more like mindfulness, I guess, than, than meditation. Um, I did meditate for a while. Um, and I think it's a really, really beneficial practice. Um, a lot of people especially when you're approaching burnout you, your mind's just going 100 miles an hour and you can't switch it off so to say to somebody to meditate it's a it's almost impossible for some people yeah. at, at that point so mindfulness i think is an easier route in um and just sitting or standing you know or walking and and truly re relaxing um i think that's as beneficial 
yeah. as a quotation. Um, Fantastic. I, t- I tend to really relate to this. <laughs> Sorry, I was saying I can really relate to those because yeah. uh, even when I've been in those places where overwhelm is taking over and um, and I can feel that, you know, if I don't get a rain of this, uh, I, things will get significantly worse. And when I have had tr- sat to do meditation in those times, I can't I can't even do because the 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 head is just, there's just so much, it's like yeah, the so much going on. Yeah. that you can't even decipher. Um, and, and it's almost like you just, for me, it felt like I was just thrashing, uh, trying to force something, force a message into yeah. my head, uh, which energetically, I don't think that is, um, you're not working with your energy. No, it's not. And it's not going to help you because then you just get into negative thought. Oh, I can't even meditate. You <laughs> know, I can't even do that right. And, um... so, yeah, it's um, it, it, it depends. Not everybody will get into that kind of narrative. It depends where you are in your in your in your development and yourself. Right. But it, it that you're just not working with your energy, really, uh, I, I feel. So do you do much in the energy side of things with helping um, kind of alignment and um helping yourself avoid going down the route of um burnout or coming recovering from burnout um not officially i think unofficially i do you know i'm not trained in anything um i'm i don't offer anything professionally but yeah personally i i feel yeah i really i i try very much now to protect my energy um from other people's energy and i recognize a lot more now much other people's energy affects me um negatively and positively um which which it always has done but i just recognize it a lot more now um yeah it's good to be able to do that and i i like to raise that because i really align a lot with the spiritual side of things and I do find a lot of people do find it like oh no it's a bit unknown and but it it doesn't mean it's related to religion or anything it's just being open to it and and actually recognizing aura it's just thinking of it as an aura um and that you have an energy outside of yourself um and yeah I like I like to ask others how they feel about it especially when we're talking about mental health and how we if we meditating and mindful practices so yeah I'm glad it's really good to hear others that are um feel these things and and I drip feed it into uh my podcast and when I talk to clients yeah. I really want to help influence people to think we are just we are so much more than our bodies uh and what you physically see so yeah it's it's really great that you also share that feeling of our spiritual energy and we're coming to the towards the end of our time um and i wanted to ask you what's inspired you um what's inspired you to do the things you do in your life um and your purpose um my parents have had a massive a massive influence on me both good and bad actually because my mum um my mum never had burnout, actually, but she never stops ever. <laughs> she, uh, she's in her seventies now and still has a massive garden and you know, preserves all her own food and everything. Um, um, <clears throat> so they, yeah, they've inspired me greatly. Um, I don't know. That's such a big, yeah, <laughs> it's a big question. Just, you don't need to reel off every single person. It just gives us an insight into how you really, isn't it? Um, and would you say? how do you feel your upbringing has shaped you into the things you choose to do today um again my parents had a very uh, interesting life they used to work at festivals and um things all over the country so i traveled a lot as a child um i found it really difficult to settle down as an adult (laughs) as a result of it and uh um, and also for, for a child in the 70s in England had a really multicultural upbringing, um, which I think has influenced me hugely. Um, 
and yeah, that was very unusual in 1970s small town England. <laughs> but, I can vouch for that. <laughs> we had neighbours of just about every nationality in our, our tiny little street. We were just like this weird little street of um, multiculturalism. Wow. Always in and out of each other's houses. You know, that's my main main memory of my upbringing. Um, Where was that? It was in a tiny little town in Cambridgeshire. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand why still. <laughs> and I thought for a long time that I looked at it through rose-tinted glasses, but then we had a bit of a reunion last year and um, people I hadn't seen since my childhood and they all had the same memories and um, wow. different cultures and things. So, That's um, such a yeah. privilege to have. My, right? first, my first real memory is making japatis, like on, I don't know what they're called, the proper japati things on the floor. <laughs> and um, Yeah, that was my first like proper really clear memories of wow or something you probably made chapatis before me <laughs> <laughs> i haven't made them since but i can't even so. <laughs> i put it off <laughs> fantastic and um what, what brought you into fitness what brought you and you understand what brought you to working with helping people with burnout but what brought you into fitness um Similar, similar kind of thing, actually. My um, my toxic relationship. Um, the one good thing he did for me was get get me into fitness, and then I got really into fitness because I was so stressed out being with him. Shouldn't so. <laughs> <laughs> so laugh. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's better to laugh than anything else, really. But, um, it was a long time ago now, but um, yeah, and, you, you know, and it really did help my mental health. It helped my, you know, at the time before I overdid it, it helped my physical health. Um, and yeah, I'd never been a, an, I'd never even done PE at school. Um, I managed to get out of PE for my entire school life. So it was a bit of a shock to all of my school friends when I became a personal trainer and uh, got very into fitness in my 30s. It's interesting, isn't it, how how um, you can find something that you just never had the love for in your younger years? Yeah, I mean, I was always loved being active, um, but not, you know, sports or fitness or anything. Okay, and uh, your superpowers, if do you have any? I love asking this question. <laughs> um, I think my main superpower is the ability to make nice nice food out of the most random ingredients you know like some people have to have a recipe and have to have everything to have and that's my favorite cooking is you know, six random ingredients what can what on earth can we make from that <laughs> you know wow fantastic i love that because it's like you know instead of just eating the box we apparently we just eat the same food over and over again we eat yeah. the same like <laughs> hen vegetables <laughs> i don't know what the number is it's something like yeah that. well i find i do when i've got the same stuff available but that's a good thing about living in remote places you know you've not got a shop just around the corner so yeah you know, at the end yeah, of the just... week you run out of stuff and you have to get a bit creative yeah and um what are your self-love and mental health practices that you keep regularly um so now um yoga and breath work probably um i do I, I'm, I don't go for the really really funny you know like super stimulating breath work i really like the calming so another thing i was going to mention earlier but people can look it up is vagus vagus nerve breath work it's really simple stuff that you can do for yourself and it just really calms your whole nervous system um calms your heart your, your stomach you know everything things that you can't control you can you can control just with a bit of breath yeah it's actually such a powerful thing and what yeah. is, can you explain how they do that just really briefly so the <clears throat> the very basic one is breathing in so let's say for four and breathing out for six so if that doesn't suit you you extend or shorten the breath but you the important thing is that the the exhale is longer and that you do it at least 10 times so if you can do that breathing in breathing out slower for, for at least 10 times then that triggers the vagus nerve to send really powerful signals to all the other parts that it's connected to so the the, the brain uh, the heart the lungs obviously and the stomach um, so maybe you know if you're getting butterflies you can really calm them down if you're feeling sick and if your heart's racing, if you're having a bit of a anxiety attack, all of those things can really be helped just just with that breath work. Yeah, I love so that. Some, 
some hospitals are teaching it now if you get people in like states of really high anxiety and panic and stuff so, mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's not just hippie <laughs> hippie mumbo jumbo it's <laughs> It's been taught in yeah and my my son uh learns yoga at school and he was telling us when we he was teaching us um his breath work that he does in yoga because i was intrigued to know what they've been teaching him and um he was teaching us yoga and teaching us the breath and I was, oh, brilliant. I was so pleased <laughs> that he'd he was doing it. And then when he went to stay at my sister's house, um, I don't know what, it's before lockdown anyway. And um, and when he was un anxious that we weren't there, my sister reminded him of his breath. And she, yeah. well, she was, she didn't know he even knew. And she was getting him. And then she, he goes, oh, yeah, I do this in yoga. And it was so brilliant. lovely. <laughs> so lovely. Yeah, I was really um, just in awe of him, really. Yeah. He had access to this. Um, so maybe there's hope for the next generation, even if they're all a bit screwed up. <laughs> let's hope, let's hope, yeah. let's hope. Well, thank you for your time today, Faye. Uh, you've shared really great knowledge, tips, uh, insight into burnout. I'm just going to check if there are any other questions. Um that because somebody did ask about the small changes, but that's great. You, you, we've answered that. Um, what parting thought uh, and parting thing would you like the listeners to take away? And you know, if there were one thing they were going to do from uh, and take away from this talk today, what would that be for them to go and take some action? Um trust trust yourself i think so if you you know if you intrinsically know that there's something not right then then there, there probably isn't you know i i knew that there wasn't anything i knew that there wasn't there was something wrong but you know the doctors just kept telling me there was nothing wrong with me and um yeah i think i think we need to learn to trust our intuition a little bit more and be kinder to ourselves yeah Maybe, yeah just slow down a bit but if lockdown's taught us anything maybe it's the benefits of slowing down a bit it's not all terrible and it can be quite good for us absolutely i couldn't agree more thank you so much faye you've uh, been fantastic and i honor you for uh, stepping out of your comfort zone and joining me today and thank you guys for listening and i'll see you all next week and take care thank you bye I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and are going to take at least one thing forward into your life. Also, share with your friends and family for them to make changes and help them in their health. Because the chances are, if you've enjoyed it and there's something you want to take forward, that somebody in your friends and family will also benefit too. And the journey of change and health is so much more fun when you have others around you doing similar things. And please subscribe to keep listening. You can subscribe on most platforms like Spotify and Google Podcasts. And please leave a review, which helps other listeners out there find this important content that is helping change lives. Until next time, thank you.